0: Welcome to the Sulpanier Pool. I'm Diana. I'm Andrew. Um, And we are a podcast for the in-depth and semi-serious discussion of the Animorphs Book Series, written by K.A. Applegate. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, we divide our show into a spoiler-free and spoiler-intensive section.
1: And today we're going to be talking about Animorphs Book number 6, The Capture.
0: Oh yeah, this book came out in February 1997- so we're in 1997 now. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, and the number one song at the time was Don't Speak by No Doubt. Do you know that song?
1: Uh, I do not.
0: Really? Yes, you do. Is it
1: by... Who's... No Doubt, is that Gwen Stefani?
0: I think so. It's like... <splatform> don't speak. dun 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 I don't need a reason. Don't tell me, cuz it hurts. I think you do know it.
1: Okay, I probably know it, but... Betraying my lack of 90s knowledge.
0: And are you even a 90s kid?
1: I'm... The jury's still out. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Animorphs number six, the capture. Um, The front cover is Jake morphing into a fly. I have a really old paperback, so the inside cover is gone, but there's supposed to be like a...
0: Oh, there's supposed to be a... A fly. It's one of those covers where... There's a hole in it, and then you can see through to the next page, but the next page is actually gone.
1: Yeah. So it's just a hole. Yeah. And there's a sticker that says fifty cents on it.
0: Did you buy this for fifty cents?
1: I think so. I think I got it at a thrift store. It was originally.
0: Did you get it like for this read or when you were young?
1: When I was young. Oh, okay. When I was a a wee lad. Cool. Nice. So, shall we talk about the book?
0: Okay, let's get started. So, book six, the capture. It's going to be awesome.
1: In this book, Jake gets captured, I guess is the idea.
0: Don't spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I should have saved it for the spoilers section. So this is a Jake book, which is good, because otherwise the later action might not be as exciting. It's true. Um, And so at the beginning of the book, it's Jake at home, and there's kind of a scene with with Jake and Tom, Tom's brother. Tom is Jake's brother, um, who is a controller. And Jake... Is practicing the cockroach morph? I think.
1: Yeah, he's trying to morph roach. They're finally practicing morphs before they use them, which I thought was was good. Shows they're learning.
0: I know they've learned from their experiences as ants.
1: Jake is invited by Tom to a sharing park cleanup. Sounds fun, I guess.
0: Right, because the whole thing is that Tom's trying to get Jake to join the sharing. The sharing is the year organization. Where eventually they would make Jake a controller is the assumption. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, so I think he brushes off that, and then he tries morphing a roach. It's pretty gross. Um,
0: it's like always pretty gross, though.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: But yeah, I guess yeah. Mor- morphing a roach, roaches yeah. are,
1: are. I mean, roaches. roaches are probably like in my like top three gross really?
0: insects. I don't know if I feel that way, but yeah, they're not slimy. But they They are, like...
1: They move really fast. That's what gets me. True.
0: And you can't kill them. Yeah. Which is good if you're an animorph.
1: Right. Um, And because of this, apparently, roach brains are calm and confident. So, uh... That is not... I don't know if she just made that up, or, um...
0: Wait, but then didn't he, um... Like, as soon as the light goes on...
1: Yeah, he he was like, ah!
0: Yeah, so it's only calm and confident in the dark, which I can understand. That's true. Like, I Um, think roaches do go from hot to cold.
1: Yeah. And there was something funny where he, like, runs into a cockroach. And he's like, oh, this is gross. And then he realizes he's also a cockroach.
0: <laughs> he's like, oh, that's a giant cockroach.
1: Oh, that's that's the thing that really weirds me out. Actually, there's a scene later in the book when they're, like, the scale of insects. And so insects are, like... Are huge. Are huge. I hate that. Good thing I wasn't an animorph.
0: Well, yeah, it seems kind of weird. Because, like, if you're morphing a cockroach, the cockroach brain in you should be like, oh, that's Fred.
1: You yeah. Know? But then hey, you're Fred is a horrifying monster. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Someone comes in the room and then he runs out and into a roach motel.
0: Oh, yeah, which is which I didn't know what it was before I read this, but that's like a sticky trap thing, right?
1: Yeah. It's like yeah. a piece
0: of paper that's really sticky. Yeah. And then they step on it and can't get off.
1: So he he gets out of the trap kind of by morphing out and then is walked in on by his his mom.
0: Wait, and where is he? He's like in the kid. Oh, he's, he's behind, like the, behind fridge. the fridge. Yeah. yeah.
1: After that, the animorphs are getting together, and then he's telling them about his mishap. And also, kind of woven in through this is lots of exposition about the characters.
0: Right, because they're in Cassie's barn, right? They're like meeting. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's normally the part where we hear about all the different characters. Like, oh, yeah. that's Cassie. We like each other. Oh, that's Rachel. She's my cousin, and she's beautiful, but also kind of crazy. Yeah. Like that's how how we often do that.
1: I think he drops the, oh, yeah, she's pretty, but I wouldn't know because uh, she's my cousin. She's
0: my cousin, so I don't think about that. But, yeah, she's probably a 10.
1: (laughs) I think he also is like, "Uh, Marco's cute, but I wouldn't know, being a guy.
0: (laughs) I guess Marco's attractive, but (laughs) I don't know what attractive men look like. (laughs) Because I'm heterosexual.
1: I mean, that's how they always talk about Axe's human morph.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're like, he's kind of a pretty guy. Or... A manly girl.
1: <laughs> yeah. If I were a girl, I would totally hit that. But because I'm not, I have no idea whether I would hit that or <laughs> not. Okay, so so Jake has snooped through autodial at his house, and he's figured out that the Yerks, as in Tom, are interested in a hospital.
0: Wait, autodial?
1: I think it's like where you, on an old phone. Oh, it's like, like redial? The,
0: like the call history.
1: Yeah, the call history.
0: Oh, yeah. I know what that is. It's yeah. like you can go on the phone and be like, I want to dial the same number yeah. that just dial me. Yeah. And then you can see the number mm-hmm. and then Google it. Although, do they Google things? I don't know. But
1: somehow I get it. he found out. Yeah. So the idea he gathers is that the, the controllers want to take over a hospital where you check in with a broken ankle and then you check out and then you're infested by Yerk. And also, you have MRSA and diff <laughs> and bed sores. And thousands of dollars of debt.
0: I don't think they got into that in the. Can we stick to the text here?
1: Okay, I'm just saying. I'm hearing um, your own uh... that if you check into a hospital, like checking out a healthy controller is not not the worst thing that could happen to you.
0: I don't. I think you are <laughs> underestimating the. I don't know what I'd rather coral-ness. have
1: sepsis or.
0: <laughs> You're just saying that because you are a medical professional. No, um,
1: no identifying information, please.
0: Anyway, interestingly, Cassie is like, oh, you shouldn't morph Roach again or you, or something.
1: Yeah, she's being kind of weird about that.
0: Which normally is Jake's job, is to tell people not to do that. But I guess she's who's going to tell Jake not her, to do that?
1: her care for him.
0: Well, but, like, someone's got to step into the Jake role for Jake, you know?
1: I guess that's true. So, and yeah. that's Cassie.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's this really sad scene where Jake's family is having dinner.
1: Yeah, we get this, like, every
0: jake book i guess
1: yeah it, it's kind of awful yeah and this yeah. book
0: it kind of hits especially hard because of the later events but
1: yeah um oh i had something I, we could talk about so Tom,
0: <laughs> something we could talk about
1: so so tom's language about the sharing is kind of like our ad
0: didn't we specifically write that ad well based on I the mean, language used to talk about the sharing probably we the sharing you.
1: wrote that ad because they have this like standard language that they use, which they've like developed to appeal to humans. Okay. Do you anyway,
0: have marketing research.
1: Probably yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, right. That's yeah. like
0: kind of. Those are the people that would have marketing research. Would be the aliens trying to take over. Yeah, and also <laughs> using I don't this know, corporate cover.
1: Like it fits with my my ideas about about evil. You know.
0: And marketing. Uh yeah. So Marco moved. Isn't that sweet? yeah so like his dad is like working on getting his life back together
1: yeah i, I think it's cool that we see the follow-up yeah we get to from see it. jake's pov because mm-hmm. we just we just talked about that book i know and i it. Uh, a little while ago
0: anyway so they're all together and they are working on practicing the roach morph so that they can translate vibrations so yeah. that they can like practice which is
1: practice listening in on people
0: this is, like, a huge jump from, oh, we're just going to morph and it's just going to be fine. I know, you yeah. know? <laughs> They're like, oh, we should probably... <laughs>
1: that was terrible last time. Well, I guess they learned, you know?
0: They learned, like, a lot.
1: Also, at some point, Jake brings up the tiger dream.
0: Because he offers to go alone to something.
1: The sharing meeting that they're going to infiltrate.
0: Which is weird. But then, it. yeah, but then he, like, starts thinking about that dream, right? Yeah. And about stalking Tom.
1: Yeah, so at this point, Jake is talking about how he dreams about being a tiger and then stalking Tom. Mm-hmm. And just as he's about to close in on Tom... Um, he
0: is the one being yeah. attacked.
1: But he, when he's first talking about the dream right now, he doesn't say that to us. Yeah. So like, Is this the
0: first time he's mentioned it also?
1: I think so. Okay. The revelation that he becomes the prey mm-hmm. is left to the second time he talks about the dream. Which I thought right. was an interesting literary device. Yeah, possibly.
0: That dream comes up a lot in this book. It's deep. <laughs> anyway, or as so. Temrush
1: would say, very metaphorical.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny because, was like, it's really like it's very me. self-referent. K.A. Applegate's like, I get it. I'm being deep. <laughs> All right, guys.
1: Knows. Thanks, rash So they're they're practicing going going roach and t- kind of talking about how Tom might complicate the mission. hmm They go infiltrate the sharing meeting.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting because they're, like, talking about the, um... But they're talking about the mission... I think it's to go to the meeting, and Cassie offers to, like, skip it. To, like, not do this because there's a possibility they might hurt Tom. Yeah. And I'm, like, super interested in that because... Of the moral implications, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she basically said, you know, if this is going to be upsetting for you. We can just, we can just not. Yeah. We not can even like, that. oh, you, you, Jake, can sit this out. Like, I understand if you don't want to do it. She didn't even say that. She was like, maybe we just shouldn't do it. She's like, not being utilitarian.
1: No, she is not.
0: And I think, I don't know, it's cool. It's cool that she's like that. You know, it's part of it's it like is a very different, it's a very like later. Um Jake talks about the idea of being irrational versus and like doing the crazy thing versus mm-hmm. being like ruthless and mm-hmm. very calculated. And Cassie in this part is reminding me of the like yeah, we're just going to not that do this because we care Jake about has Tom.
1: With Temresh about humans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to get into it, but yeah. This reminds me of that cuz Cassie's like, yeah, we're humans who care about people and it would be okay to not mm-hmm. do this because we care about Tom. Yeah. I like that she brought it up. I also like that they didn't go with that.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of terrible.
0: But, it, I mean, but it's important to, like, stay grounded in... She is in, thinking about it. It's important to stay aware of the fact that, like, what makes you human is that you care about your brother, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not just going to blindly do what what makes sense from a strategic standpoint. Like, we are going to think about it, you know? Well, thank
1: you for sharing
0: no pun intended (laughs) okay so they go to the
1: hospital yeah oh when they infiltrated the meeting they learned that viscer three is a human morph and they're gonna infest the governor they're in the sharing meeting and then viscer three is like ha 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 yes let me tell you all about my plan it's gonna be so great we're gonna grab the governor and he kind of conveniently lays that out for them
0: That is nice. Fizzler 3 is a really good villain, you know? He's like, let me tell you exactly (laughs) what my plan is. Any questions? No? We're good? Just in case anybody was listening, so they have a good...
1: It's also really convenient because he apparently is so evil that even when he's morphed human, you can just tell that he's evil.
0: Yeah, that is helpful. Yeah. (laughs) That is good. Well, and then, I mean, right.
1: Can you imagine if he was infiltrating them, like, by morphing fly, and they're like... I got this sudden aura of evil emanating from the fly. <laughs>
0: yeah, but although I, I don't can think just that, tell that someone. I don't think I mean, that really that's not something he would do. but... Yeah, like I don't think that is a, a plot event in this book. <laughs> although that would be pretty funny.
1: Yeah, so uh, they kind of get out of the meeting after they're being sprayed with Raid. Oh, while Jake was morphing out of the dying cockroach. He dreamed the tiger dream. The tiger dream. That's kind of just the spoiler zone voice.
0: Well, it is kind of a spoiler. And it sounds a lot better than the tiger dream.
1: The tiger dream.
0: <laughs> the tiger dream.
1: Actually, I like that. <laughs> okay. Cut of them morphing flies and at the hospital.
0: Yeah, so Cassie suggests fly. She references a movie the fly that i have not seen but mm-hmm. maybe it was big in the 90s um which makes them all think it's gross i think but then they get over it and more fly and ride tobias to the hospital oh can they smell controllers
1: i think they're smelling like the yerk pool so are they the so what are
0: they smell like are they smelling yerks or are they smelling candrona
1: I don't know. I think it's, like, some combination of the yerks themselves and, like, the sludge of the pool.
0: Because wasn't there a thing in an earlier book where, like, some animals, when they morphed them, they were like, something seemed weird about that person.
1: Yeah, I think they morphed dogs, and then... I think this was in, like, book one, and we kind of got swept under the rug. But
0: then, didn't you say that Kay Applegate was asked about that, and she was like, oh, yeah, that just didn't... just forget about that.
1: No, that was the humans now can thought speak.
0: Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so animals really can sense yurks somehow. I'm not
1: sure if the dogs can smell like a yurk in someone's head, but I think when there's, like, enough of them, they can.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, plus dogs are, like, really good at smelling, I assume, better than flies.
1: Mm-hmm. So they they find the yurk pool in the hospital, and Jake decides to jacuzzi some yurks.
0: Yeah, which was interesting because, like, in the preceding scene, acts like, knocks somebody out. So they were, like, trying not to kill... Oh, no, but that was a human, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah. never mind, never mind. I I get it. <laughs> I understand. All right. So, yeah, so Jake boils some some
1: yurks. Let's boil them. But then he gets knocked out, and his head goes into the pool. Yeah, because
0: people... So, like, while he's boiling, and I guess, like, watching them to make sure that it's boiling, so then people come in and see that they're there, and they there's some shooting. Somebody hits Jake on the head. He gets knocked out. He goes into the jacuzzi. Oh, no. And then there's, like, an interesting sequence where they... So he was, like, knocked out. So so people are, like, the other Animorphs kind of carry him to safety. But it seems like it takes several minutes for him to actually become a controller.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool that we're, like, getting to see up close and personal what infestation looks like. Like, it's painful... And then you go into, like, this weird, unconscious state.
0: Well, some of that could have been from getting hit.
1: That's true, yeah. But I
0: was also just thinking, like, this seems slow. Yeah. Relative to... Have we seen another infestation yet?
1: I think think we've seen at the Yerk Pool someone, like, having their head forced into the water.
0: Yeah, that was what I was thinking. Like, oh, yeah, because we've totally seen Yerk Pools. And people, like... They're screaming, they have their head forced in, they come up, they're back to being a controller. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it did seem slow to me, too.
0: So, that's weird. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But maybe we're just getting a second-by-second second narrative, like time yeah. slowing down while he describes it. It, like, it's it seemed weird. I was like, if it's always like this, it seems a lot easier to, like, stop infestations from happening.
1: Do you, do you think that maybe it's, like the first time you get infested your ear hole is really tight
0: um well i was thinking my theory was that after a yurk has already like gotten familiar with what it's like to infest you they might know the patterns of your cortex better if that makes sense yeah so instead of like Exploring new territory, they're like, "Oh, I know that I need to like put this part of my slug body here, and then two inches to the left, I need to curve a little bit to go into that." crest. Or the pleasure
1: center, um,
0: or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? That was that was my thought was that it was more about like the wrapping around the brain, and maybe mm-hmm. they're more familiar with it. But I don't think that's it because brains are pretty much the same as each other, like structurally. You know, yeah. so it's not like there's that much different.
1: Yeah. I think that theory does explain the facts.
0: Maybe it's because the yerk was dying.
1: Yeah, I have that thought. Like, the yerk is really hot and agitated.
0: Yeah, or like weak or something. Like, from being... I mean, who knows what the heat does to it. And like, maybe it slows it down or whatever.
1: Yeah. I don't know. We can watch out for this.
0: Anyway, so now he's a controller. A lot of stuff happens. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, And... So he kind of slips up a little bit, and the Yerk in Jake, I guess, makes a look of revulsion when he sees Axe initially. That kind of tips him off. Then Axe is like, Jake could be a controller. And then Yerk, Jake, Temrash is like, No, 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 guys, I'm totally fine. I'm me. And then they, they come up with the plan that Axe should morph Jake. And then Axe touches Jake to acquire him. And then the Yerk is like, Get your hands off me, you andalite filth. <laughs> which, which is, is like that's kind of a giveaway um at that point
0: yeah I thought it was funny that after that they continue to say like oh that was a giveaway like later cause I was like didn't didn't you know already that he was here cause so later mm-hmm. um when they're talking about Axe morphing Jake and he's like I don't even remember what he says but it's something along the lines of like this will never work you just shouldn't do this they're oh, like yeah. oh you just gave away that you're a controller because the real Jake would have helped us yeah. but I was like I think
1: that was the nail in the coffin
0: Yeah, but I was like, wasn't it especially (laughs) clear when he said, get your hands off me and a light (laughs) filth? Oh, he's just cranky. Like, was there any doubt left? (laughs) But yeah, now they're extra sure. Um, Oh, and the other thing that kind of comes up as Jake is struggling with the yerk in his head is um, that this is the same yerk that controlled Tom before. Yes, yes. And this is the one who was like the mastermind yerk. So this is the yerk that's responsible for Tom being kind of a higher up in the sharing. Mm Mm-hmm as of late so he's like kind of a big one in terms of Yerks and also yeah. he has all it's this like, all these memories of Tom struggling yeah one thing I
1: like about about the Yerk infestation
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yes
1: <laughs> is that um like your advancement in the ranks of the Yerks is a little independent of your of your host so you can have Tom who's like a what like a high schooler and he's like the number two, Yerk on planet Earth.
0: But then they're gonna give him a new host. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we know that Chapman's a controller, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's pretty high up, and he's the vice principal. Exactly. He's, like you he's don't, don't need to be vice principal for a while.
0: In a, uh, like you don't need to be in a super powerful position mm-hmm. in order to be like a high up Yerk. Although, I guess yeah, it does sound like once you As reach you a certain loaded. thing, you get a better host. Like.
1: Yeah. Especially, like, you know, really low-ranking Yurks are taxon controllers or uh get Yeah, but I assume,
0: like, you could do a really good job as a tax controller and then be promoted to human. And yeah. then do a really good job and then be promoted to, like, better human. Yeah. You know?
1: But there's still that time when you're, like,
0: uh... You're, like, a 12-year-old.
1: <laughs> yeah. How old is Tom? Like, I don't know, 16, 17? Because there's talk about him...
0: He's in high school, but I don't know where in high school. But, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think he's he's old enough that they're talking about him going to college on a basketball scholarship. Yeah, but he so hasn't, like, he's like, nailed it in. Not, yet. like, freshman, so he must be, like... Yeah, he's at probably least, sophomore or junior. Yeah.
0: And he joined the sharing because of a girl.
1: That's how they get you.
0: I know, that was so sad.
1: Just load up the sharing with, with pretty girls, and then get, get everyone to join.
0: Well, okay, sure. I was just saying the Tom story was really sad. But it sounds like somebody's thinking about their marketing strategy.
1: So they're going to take Jake to a shack in the woods. Just kind of convenient mm-hmm. that there's the shack there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then this was really... Gave me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the York like, squeezes Cassie's hand to, like, reassure her.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Really, I didn't like that. That was icky. Although, I mean, you know, Cassie knows better. So, like, it was fine. Yeah. I was also wondering, like... I assume the answer to this is yes, but do you think that they would have noticed that he was a controller without the axe stuff?
1: You know, I'm I'm not sure by the time they noticed, it might have been too late. Cuz cuz I assume that pretty pretty soon after they depart ways, the Yerk would have just went to visitor 3 and then had them all captured. They only they have a very short window in which to to much to recognize Jake as controller.
0: I think the only way they could have done it would have been if somebody was like Oh, Jake's head went into that Yurk pool just to be safe. We should quarantine him for three days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know if they were thinking about the fact that his head went into the Yurk pool. Mm -hmm. I don't think they would have just noticed, right? Mm -hmm. It seemed like Cassie saw that he was kind of zoned out, but she was like, Oh, are you okay? Like, did you get hit really hard? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he needs to go to the hospital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that they would have noticed so it's good that axe was there basically because <laughs> that year came really close to just having him i know so
1: they go to the shack there's kind of some intense stuff as temerash is like torturing jake
0: oh like looking at his fantasies and stuff
1: yeah yeah at one point he says jake will be a ghost haunting the machine of your own brain
0: i mean yeah yeah i didn't really care for the back and forth about how awful it is because it's just oh, really? awful. yeah I like that part. I know, yeah. I think we have different kind of things that we appreciate about these these books.
1: That's fair, um, but everyone can appreciate the Tiger Dream.
0: The Tiger Dream.
1: Thank you, <laughs> including Temrash, who's like,
0: "Yeah, interesting dream,
1: very metaphorical." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was pretty cool. I like I like having him there. It almost made me want to see like more infestations like this to get the back and forth between the Yurk and the
1: yeah. Host. I mean, that's what's so great about a future book.
0: We can. Maybe cut that and talk about it later.
1: Okay. Anyway, yeah. Oh, and then somehow the Animorphs, or somehow Jake hasn't thought of this, but Temrush's plan is to morph to escape. And Jake is like, why is he so confident? What could he have in mind?
0: I know. I was thinking that too. Uh, I was like, isn't it obvious that the other Animorphs would have been like, oh, he's Jake. Like, he's going to (laughs) morph.
1: Yeah. But whatever.
0: So he morphs Tiger, which, good choice. That's probably what I would have morphed if I were trying to get the best one. And probably most likely get out of there, except that he doesn't know how to get out.
1: He kind of got lost.
0: Which I guess makes sense. Although, like, Jake has been there before, right? So I was surprised that they were lost.
1: Yeah, I think the the idea is that he's too lost to get out within the two-hour time limit. And then...
0: Yeah, I know. But I was just thinking, like, that seems surprising to me. Yeah. Because I would have thought that Jake knew his way.
1: But luckily, that doesn't happen. Then he tries going Falcon, but gets owled.
0: I thought it was funny because Kay Applegate here is kind of poking fun at her own literary devices. So Temarash will morph something. Then Jake will be like, oh, that won't work because of this. And then Temarash is like, I can see your thoughts. I know what's (laughs) happening. And then Jake's like, but I like telling you. And it's, you know, it's clearly like an expository device too. But it's like, I just really like that Temarash gets annoyed. Cause he's like, I know everything that you know. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny.
1: <laughs> I like the the like two people trapped in your own head trope.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so
1: so I guess he tries various stuff to escape. He tries a wolf, but then then he runs another into wolf another pack. wolf pack, which sucks. Uh, and also Rachel is an elephant,
0: so, and like Marco is leading them to the wolf pack. It was all orchestrated very well.
1: And, um, oh, there's some stuff about human nature. This is kind of during Tamrash and Jake's internal... Their bonding. dialogue.
0: Their bond sesh. Yeah.
1: That's terrible. Not their bond sesh, but, um, I guess.
0: No, yeah. But that is what I was talking about earlier, right? Where Jake's talking about, like, humans will keep fighting even when, even they when know the chips it, are down.
1: Even when they know it's hopeless, yeah.
0: And that's the difference between you and me. And that's why we'll win. Although, I was kind of like... That's not why you'll win. The no. reason that the reason that you win is because there actually is a chance that you'll win, and you do. You know what I mean? Not, yes. I mean, like fighting when there's speaking, no chance yes. of winning is not like <laughs> cannot not,
1: lead to you winning. That's not by exactly definition. it, Jake.
0: But yes, I get what he was going for. Right? No, and I did like that. I like whenever they talk about those. Like, that's the thing about humans. It is
1: the human exceptionalism is very prominent kind of throughout Animorphs.
0: Right, right? and you know. I think that it it has a positive effect on readers you know like i feel it and i'm like yeah you feel
1: human human patriotism like oh
0: we're the best yeah exactly it's kind of interesting because
1: should we make a parallel to like nationalism or
0: so the reason why it's interesting that human exceptionalism is such a theme in this book is because um exceptionalism is a really big part of um different like nationalist movements and most specifically thinking of fascism and like you know where fascism has played a role in history so i won't get into it but it's interesting because nationalism is kind of frowned upon by a lot of people because of its connotations and like association to hitler most specifically he's like famous for putting forward the idea of german and Aryan exceptionalism right Mm -hmm. but when it's applied to like the human species here it feels good It feels good to be like, yeah, humans are better than... We're special. Like, that's why we're great is because we're going to keep fighting. I was even thinking to myself, if this were a different book and somebody was talking about, like, America in a similar way, like, oh, we're so brave and caring and all this stuff. I might have a similar response of like, oh, yeah, that makes me proud to be American, you know, which is weird because, you know, what I just said, that it's not normally considered a good thing all the time to make use of that device. Yeah, um, but I mean, it is it is effective. Like it makes me feel yeah good.
1: It's like effective here, but American exceptionalism makes me feel kind of weird. Probably because it's like.
0: But I think that's just because of the connotation. Like exactly, I think I think exactly. in your heart, or at least in my heart, American exceptionalism makes me feel good about America. And then when I think about it too much, I'm like I, mean, I don't want to I think see about
1: fireworks it. or hear that song that I'm proud to be an American. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but
1: like you can't push it too far because otherwise you get into
0: it feels good yeah and then but then when you think about it you're like i don't like the associations that come with this Mm -hmm. but i think because in this book it's about like humans versus other alien species Mm -hmm. you get away with it more yeah it's more acceptable to use that kind of language here than it would be if this were about america or something like that
1: yeah, yeah. Even really though
0: good. it is, I do think that there are books that use this about America and people love. Like I think it's just oh, yeah. it's just some people that have that um, negative association. Anyway,
1: no, yeah, I I definitely think that rings true with me. I guess kind of bouncing off that, Tobias kind of has Falcon, Yerk, human, half human Jake in his claws, and then he says, "We all agreed going into this that it's better to die than to become a controller."
0: Because he says that he's just gonna kill Temarash and then Temarash is like, You wanna do that? And then Tobias is like, No, yeah. I would
1: Yeah, so I think that's kind of, that's part of the humans being different and kind of the great uh, irrational human spirit is what I was trying to connect that to.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that connection. Although I don't think that it's irrational. It's kind of the willingness to die, from die for Earth, your I guess. Yeah. Like
1: much different and uh-huh. that Temrash is kind of surprised by it
0: the willingness to die for the sake of this cause or whatever.
1: Yeah, live free or die I guess.
0: Yeah, right exactly. Although in this case I don't think Tobias was ever going to kill Jake because right, he, as he points out you can just like <laughs> maim him and it's fine.
1: I thought that was pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then he's he's getting more, more desperate and we're about to begin the fugue.
0: Which I thought it was interesting that we didn't even get more explanation about the fugue. It was just like this is the fugue now.
1: Why which is it just, called the fugue?
0: Because it's the awful, painful part, I guess, is what it sounds like. Well, like,
1: I don't know, we could talk about, like, your thoughts about Thoughtspeak, but, like, probably the Yerks have some, like, capital letter name for it that is translated as the Fugue. You know what I'm saying?
0: And so you're saying why is the word Fugue used?
1: I I think it's an interesting, like, choice to say now is the Fugue as to now is the Haragash- Into czar.
0: Yeah, I mean, probably the Yurk word for this event is the same as a word that they also use for a piece of music that has a repeating theme.
1: Right. So you think that Yurks have a word that exactly means fugue?
0: Whatever the primary meaning of fugue is, I only know the one meaning, which is a piece of music with a repeating theme.
1: There's like a fugue state, I guess. What's that? That's where you are kind of like, don't know where you are. We can look it
0: up. I have a couple steps ahead of you. Okay. Okay. So the first definition is what I said. The second definition comes from, is in psychiatry, says a state or period of loss of awareness of one's identity, often coupled with flight from one's usual environment, associated with certain forms of hysteria and epilepsy. hmm So. Okay. So, yeah. So I assume that, like, whatever word they call it in Yerk language translates to fugue. Or, like, has the same meaning as what our word fugue means, i.e. a state or period of loss of awareness of one's identity, etc. hmm Right?
1: Um, it just, it seems weird to me that such an important event in your culture mm-hmm. would get translated down. You know what I'm saying? Like, fugue state doesn't really cover, like, how bad the process of dying via chondronist starvation is.
0: Well, I think the fact that it's a common noun and not a proper noun doesn't need to imply that it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? hmm Like, there are a lot of common nouns that are a big deal. Death is not capitalized in the English language. Right. Funeral, baptism. So I, I don't think but that But why it's... didn't
1: he call it death? Why, why fugue and not death?
0: Well, because he wasn't talking about death. He was talking about the period before death.
1: I thought the fugue is, like, the period leading up to and including death.
0: Exactly. So not... So death is a subset. Okay. Right. So he's saying this... The part that's beginning right now is the fugue. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, like, hallucinating, which sounds like the definition that Google gave.
1: I don't know. I guess I just disagree. But mm-hmm. I, I think it like I think it's I don't think it should be called fugue. I think that it's called fugue in the text because fugue is like a word that we don't often see, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think it would be like better translated as like death throes or something that like more accurately describes what what's happening cuz fugue state is more is less about, like, the pain and suffering, which I think are more prominent here. Mm-hmm. But I think fugue works really well mm-hmm. because it's not a word we hear a lot. Yeah. So it's like... Um, so that kind of gives it, like, an an alien and, like, specialness.
0: Right. Well, no, I think we have the same idea. Like, I think that the word that they use in Yurk language is not the same word that means mm-hmm. throes of death or agony. Mm-hmm. Just like... Just like it's weird to say honeymoon, like there's no honey or moons involved. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think they have a specific word. We're going to start the fugue now.
1: Well, I was thinking that it's like he's thinking, oh, we're starting the... Mm -hmm. um, Now, and then the way like Thoughtspeak is working is Mm -hmm. it's translating that to fugue.
0: Okay, but they do have a specific word for it in that.
1: Oh, I'm sure they must. Yeah.
0: And Yeah. And so I think that that specific word translates best to fugue.
1: I see, because because it has some other meaning, not because dying the, translates best to the, fugue,
0: not because dying translates best to fugue, um, but because in thoughts spe- like empirically it mm-hmm. translated to fugue, and so right, I'm assuming yeah. that that means that the best word in English should, to translate it to is fugue, and because of that, deductively like, therefore I'm inferring that. That the word that they use describes something similar to what "fugue" means in English. I guess
1: I was I was questioning whether whether you can deduce that "fugue" is the best translation um, to the meaning. Like Mm -hmm. maybe it's just written here for effect because in our everyday lives we don't say "fugue." You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, that okay. I mean, I I do know what you're saying. saying. But I think we have to assume that, um, like, I think it's much more fun to read these books assuming that the world Mm -hmm. has a way that it works and it's not just, like, K. Applegate writing things for effect. Yeah. So I was assuming that Thoughtspeak translates impeccably. Yeah. And that this is the best word Mm -hmm. to translate from whatever the year word is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's true. Even though, yeah, sure, maybe K. Applegate was like, I... In fact, probably she was like, I want a word that sounds different.
1: And fugue absolutely works really well. Yeah. Is, is but, what I think.
0: But, but right. But in my. But it works well on us. Suspension of disbelief where I'm like, obviously this is a word that mm-hmm. they use because it translates from the Yirk word. I'm inferring that the Yirk word probably has like I see. a meaning ascribed to it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's good. Okay, anyway.
0: I mean, I don't have any more notes about this book, so. (laughs) Oh, I
1: was just going to quickly go over the rest of what happens. The fugue happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a few notes, I guess. Um, So he sees Tamrash's memories. We we see kind of what we talked about, which is how they advance the ranks of the Yurk Empire, Mm -hmm. and that's correlated to those they have. Yeah. Um, We see, you know, some memories of Tom, um, we see Sauron.
0: Yeah, okay, I can't remember his name. I can't believe you don't have oh, a
1: note about that.
0: No, because I just remember. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we see an eye.
1: Yeah, it's... Isn't that Sauron? He's on a... Well, I guess...
0: That is Sauron, yeah. Yeah, Although well, it's not just an franchise. eye, but
1: like... Uh, the head is an eye. It, it's complicated.
0: In Lord of the Rings, you're talking about?
1: No, no, in the book. Because I think...
0: In the book, all that we know so far is that Jake sees some eye
1: yeah, but it's connected to a body.
0: He sees the body?
1: He sees the body. No,
0: I thought it was just an eye that turns left, then right then looks straight at him.
1: <laughs> no, it's an it's like imagine if instead of a head you had an eye.
0: can I can I read it? Yeah
1: <laughs> Which is like a little more interesting.
0: Oh, I definitely never noticed this. Uh-huh I thought it was just
1: like the eye something you see
0: blackness and a single giant eye. Okay. Yeah. But no, he sees a creature or a machine sitting still as if unable to move on a throne that was miles high and also it has no arms and its head is a single eye. <laughs> wow. I just like never internalized no, you, that No, because you just you read
1: the eye and you're like, you already have the image I'm like, of yep. the eye of Sauron. Yeah, exactly. Eye. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um. Okay, and then I guess...
0: I wish that we saw more of the fugue from the Yurk's perspective. Yeah. Because that would be super interesting. Yeah, anyway. It would have been cool.
1: Oh, another thing I have a note of is after the Yurk dies, he like shrivels up into dust and nothing. I know,
0: and becomes nothing.
1: I thought that was... It reminded me of uh, vampires in Buffy.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, I was like, that's convenient.
1: (laughs) That's also... It's also it's like very magical, you know. I can't think of a way that would happen. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess they they would be mostly water, and.
1: I mean, I I, I don't know. You can make up some.
0: I know. I'm making it up. Yeah, okay. they're mostly water, and also, without, no. But like, what what changes when you're alive to dead? Nothing.
1: So you I don't, just don't have any more candrona
0: oh yeah maybe that's it so
1: maybe like as soon as you like as soon as there's one part of the slug body that loses all candrona and you can't like perfuse it with candrona anymore Mm -hmm. then that like dies rapidly Mm -hmm. and like things that are released in the death of that tissue like eat up the rest of the yerk then I can imagine it becoming like way different if there's some weird chemical reaction that happens but like becoming nothing is a little bit of a
0: stretch look if if there's like a phase change and it becomes gas, or like a lot of gas evaporates, yeah, you know, then be. there's just tiny amounts of matter left, but like not enough aggregated for a human to be able to see. Yeah, that's probably that's probably what happens. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of of Buffy and the uh, the vampires and Buffy. Oh, but isn't J- it convenient because now they yes, don't have a yerk body? Well, just like. Just like in Buffy, I think it's a way of, like, separating the Yerks from the humans.
0: Well, and from preventing the animals from being able to just, like, take the Yerk body to some research facility. yeah. And being like, look, these exist. That was what I was thinking, is it's convenient for the Yerks. That there's never any evidence. Anyway,
1: Um, moving on. All right. And then, at last, Jake goes home. Axe has been eating everything in sight. And then he calls Tom on the phone with Morph Taffy Wolf and tells him not to give up. Cool. So that's the book.
0: That's the book. So so should we do the thing where we go into the spoiler section and save the spiel?
1: Uh yeah, do we want to do do we want oh, to talk, talk about, about anything the book as a whole. outside of the spoiler section? I'm not sure if I have any discussion question notes. I guess I have a few I have a few written. One of them which we kind of covered. Okay. Um, So the first discussion question is cell phones that I wrote down.
0: Actually, my dad was just telling me that in 1997, actually he was saying 1997, which is when this book came out, he had a um, cell phone. It was very large and he just kept it in his car Mm -hmm. and it just never got used. So I'm going to assume that was like pretty normal for someone like an adult in their 30s Yeah. was that maybe they had a phone like, for the family or maybe each mm-hmm. adult had a phone and they just had it in their car why were you asking about cell phones
1: oh just the we've been talking about how if you took any series that doesn't have cell phones in it and like gave it cell phones mm-hmm. which is a lot um
0: so it sounds like your question is how would this book have been different if they all had cell phones is that right yeah yeah so i think that would have been um well, let me think. I actually don't think it would have been that different, mm-hmm. because I mean, they have thought speak, which is pretty, which is better in a lot of situations, yeah. except the humans can't thought speak. But there was a lot of um, like when Tamrash was trying to escape, there was a lot of like implied communication between the team mm-hmm. that obviously went out went off without a hitch. Yeah. And so I didn't really feel like there was that much instance in this book of like miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh no, yeah. if only this person knew this thing.
1: That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Because I think that if you look at a lot of series, specifically 90s series or...
0: Anything before, or, too. Yeah,
1: or, yeah, Or media that takes place in the past and you give them the ability to communicate via cell phones, it changes them dramatically. But because there's thought speak, that doesn't change as much yeah and I think that's yeah I feel like kind of enforcing lack of communication between characters that would be solved through cell phones can be a common like plot device
0: well it's dramatic irony right which is a common plot it's a form of dramatic Uh, irony is when like one character knows something the other character doesn't and they're like oh no if only I could tell them this key information and then you as the audience know that and you're like we'll just text them that
1: or beam it into their head right even better
0: Right, but that doesn't happen that much in Animorphs because there isn't that much, like, I think that happens more in interpersonal drama. Mm -hmm. But in Animorphs, they communicate all the time, like the five of them. There isn't as much like, oh, no, if only I could tell Jake that he's a controller or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know?
1: Yeah, I get your point. Um, I had another discussion question. This might be a little bit more, I don't know, weighty. Mm -hmm. is how has your attitude towards Yerkes changed in reading this book? Like we can discuss kind of your thoughts when you are first reading the series and your thoughts now. Well, but now I've already read the whole series. When you're first reading the series is more relevant.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Are you still on the Yerkes are totally evil train? Because it seems like the books are still fairly there.
0: So, yeah. So what were my thoughts on reading this when I read it for the first time?
1: Yeah, specifically about how you looked at Yerkes.
0: Well, this is kind of the first time that we've been, that we've had close conversations with a mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like one-on-one. So you you get to watch Temrash um, think mm-hmm. and try to get out of a situation and then fail. And then obviously you also watch him die. And it's always unpleasant for me to watch characters die, including villains. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's why like a lot of family friendly movies just have the villain like get squashed by a house or like they fall into a volcano or whatever and you don't actually see them die. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I never like watching characters die after like even minimal amounts of conversation from them. Mm-hmm. Um so when I when I was reading this, I did feel bad about and like I felt sad reading about the fugue and everything. Mm-hmm. Um but it was the kind of sad that I feel when I'm killing a bug, you know. I'm like, this is really unpleasant because I feel bad because I'm killing something. But also I have to do it because otherwise there's just going to be a bug in my house. And, like, I'm not just going to let there be a bug in my house, you know.
1: <laughs> I, I agree, yeah. So okay.
0: I think I was at that. This is really unpleasant watching Temerash die. Mm-hmm. I, like, wouldn't wish this upon anyone. But also, they have to do this because otherwise, like, they're going to die
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, there isn't another solution where Tamarash lives, real, like, feasibly yes, yes. at this point. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. feel sad, though, which is more than I felt when I was reading about them jacuzziing the, the York pool, oh, even that's though that's, good. like, more deaths.
1: Yes, like, by a lot.
0: I was like, oh, nice. They can just nice. press a button, all dead. But this was like watching someone starve to death, which is a lot more mm-hmm. emotionally challenging.
1: Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we do our close reading exercise?
0: Just like about the book in general? Mhm. Not really, I guess. I mean, you know, I like the plot device of having a person's mind being controlled by a Yerk, but like they can still have conversations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like reading about Tom interacting with Temrash and reading about yeah just people interacting with their hosts is super interesting Mm -hmm. which we hadn't seen before but yeah i think we covered pretty much everything i like this book a lot oh i also like watching the group act Jakeless.
1: yeah you know like that too like
0: they they totally got it nailed it even when jake it's not even like they don't have jake it's like jake is specifically acting against them yeah and they're like no we got this don't worry
1: yeah yeah which is cool is it time for a close reading exercise? Uh, sure. Do you want to pick a number between one and one hundred
0: and fifty-four? Elige un numero entre uno y
1: 154. Great. One forty-seven. Ooh, wow. That might be good
0: oh my gosh I'm thinking this entire paragraph yeah we can do it so this is chapter 24 and this is Jake describing the fugue or his experience of watching the fugue a lot has happened to me since I first saw the Andalite prince land in that construction site more strange things than happened to most people in their entire lives but the strangest was this and the saddest so, I'm I'm interested in this. A lot has happened to Jake since he first saw the Andalite prince land in that construction site. hmm Right? I agree. I agree. A I lot agree. has happened. Yes. Um, more strange things than happen to most people in their entire lives.
1: Also yeah, marine, yeah, also
0: agree. I guess the thing that I was most interested in is the fact that he said this was the strangest and saddest thing that has happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly because it doesn't actually seem that strange, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's just experiencing another being going through a lot of pain and then dying, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, crying out in pain. Mm -hmm. He's seeing some memories.
1: I have a possible explanation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Is that the fugue is happening, like, in his head. He's basically hallucinating all these things. Mm -hmm. So it might be that having really, really vivid and painful and weird hallucinations and sharing, like, literally your skull with another consciousness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is... the strangest thing. Is strange. We've all fantasized about aliens coming to Earth, you know? I feel mm-hmm. like most of us would be like, yeah, it's an alien that came to Earth, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you're, like, hallucinating and having something that's, like, inside your brain, mm-hmm. that might yeah. be the strangest
0: right yeah the experience of hallucinating yeah mm-hmm. and as a saddest. which
1: that's more yeah that's i don't know
0: you know what i mean um, but what about every single day at dinner jake <laughs> yeah but yeah i guess that's true he gets a more up-close look at tom in this yeah those those are my main like remarks where that he finds this the yes. most
1: yes i think that that was very interesting uh, yeah i think it, it says a lot about just how crazy the fugue state is I guess I was going to say, this keeps happening in, like, all the books, but they, like, refer to Elfanger as the Andalite, or the Andalite Prince. I know. And Axe as the Andalite.
0: I know. I was thinking, well, I don't know about the Axe thing. For Elfengor, I was thinking that it was just because, like, because it would be really hard for a reader to remember Elfengor.
1: That's true, yeah. So
0: it's just easier to be like, oh yeah, remember when the Andalite Prince? And you're like, who's that? Oh, Prince of the Andalites. That makes sense. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah he landed in the construction site
0: yeah and like that's kind of all you need to know and you can like read that without having mm-hmm. read the earlier book and be like I guess there was an Andalite prince who landed in the construction site sure yeah. otherwise you're like am I supposed to know who Elfengore is what does that mean
1: That that's a good point I had thought that my initial interpretation was that just saying the Andalite prince is more formal and is what and that is, like, how you want to portray the event right here. So now he's summing up, basically, the events of the past six books, or mm-hmm. referring to them. And so calling Elfanger the Andalite Prince is like saying, Elfanger, Prince of the Andalites. Yeah. As opposed to, this guy I'm on a first-name basis with. You know Elfanger, right? Um, Everybody Elfanger.
0: I think it also points out that he's not human. Like I think it points yes. out how strange it is, yeah. right? Because he's talking about all the weird things that have happened to him, and, and yeah. he was like, "Oh yeah, this is the weirdest thing that's happened since my buddy, like went by that construction site. <laughs> like that's not that weird."
1: <laughs> we all have a buddy that we see outside of a construction site.
0: Exactly. So to say, like, remember the time that an andelite prince? It's an andelite prince. Yeah. Was that the construction site? that was how all the weird stuff happened and you're like oh yeah that was pretty weird it was it was. that is a weird thing to have happen even if you didn't read that book you're like that does sound like it was weird yeah
1: yeah um i also like but the strangest was this and the saddest i like like short sentences i just dig them
0: yeah well have i already said my theory on here about how they're writing these books
1: Yes. Yeah, I guess I was going to connect it more to, like, K. Applegate's writing, but, like, it also being this is how Jake narrated his thoughts when he was writing this down is, uh, is also yeah, like, an interesting point.
0: Well, I think I think it, either way you look at it, whether you think about it as K. A. Applegate using a writing device or I prefer to think of it as this is how Jake is thinking right now, mm-hmm. but the short sentences are like... He's not trying to be flowery, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to like really impress something upon you that's like very like a complicated idea, mm-hmm. or like look how smart Jake is, or whatever. It's like this is very a very simple idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it? yeah. This is just really sad
1: and strange.
0: Yeah, like yeah. he he's he's not trying to be the leader of the Animorphs right now.
1: mm Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I also like the preceding sentences. I guess they're, they're short and incomplete sentences. Is there a specific term for that?
0: Yeah, sentence fragments.
1: Sentence fragments? Yeah. But like a specific one for like using it as a like rhetorical device.
0: Well, I where think... It,
1: where it's like a, a continuation of the previous sentence. You fracture a sentence. Mm-hmm this could be the like part of the preceding sentence but then you break it into multiple ungrammatical sentences for uh, effect
0: I know I know what you're saying like so you start with a grammatically correct sentence a lot has happened to me since I first saw the end of Prince land in that construction site then the following sentences add to that idea but they're not they're not complete grammatical exactly sentences. yeah I don't know if there's a word for that specific like combination of sentences but it's a thing that people, do a lot when they're speaking and in writing. Yeah. Uh, you say a sentence and then you follow it up with some incomplete thoughts but they all add to that one idea. Mm-hmm. Which is why I really like this paragraph as a whole. Yeah,
1: I really like it too.
0: And she does it twice because she says a lot has happened to me since I first saw the Indolite prince land in that construction site. That's a complete sentence. More strange things than happen to most people in their entire lives. That's not a complete sentence Mm -hmm. but the strangest was this that is a complete sentence yeah and the saddest that's not yeah so it's like that's good that's good. kind of of a cool pattern I, I, I like it
1: I like it a lot I think it's a really well written paragraph and I think it's like it's like very accessible to multiple reading levels I guess and I think the Animorphs you know is like written at a level that can be read by people who are in you know elementary school or people with college degrees they are reading it for some reason. Right. But it covers all that ground and, like, manages to be beautifully written to me, if, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's hard to be artistic and accessible sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're trying to be accessible to children, um, that kind of bars you from using certain kinds of devices mm-hmm. just for the sake of clarity. Yeah. But... Simplifying to these short sentences, I think, almost makes it more accessible to kids because, like, I know. That I, I think, yeah. And I think and very true to artistic. what Jake is feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. It's
1: like the opposite of those Geronimo Stilton books. You ever read them? They're about a mouse named Geronimo Stilton, but in the text, they'll replace words with like images of the words Anyway, I don't know. That's off topic.
0: Okay. I think that's interesting and on topic, but that's fine.
1: Well, i I might be mischaracterizing their Geronimo Stilton books and I don't wanna get in trouble <laughs> with the Geronimo Stilton fandom.
0: Yeah, they're so, probably all listening to this right now.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> maybe after we finish Thanwarse we can
0: We can read the Geronimo Stilton books. Welcome to the Self Near <laughs> Pool where we discuss the Geronimo Stilton books.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, um... For
0: the in-depth
1: and Temrash is from the near pool.
0: Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah, he's Dude. our pool mate. Nice! Our buddy Temrash. Kind, of, kind of sad. Yeah, kind of rough what happened to Temrash, rip, right?
1: Ripped Temrash. I thought that was, that was cool. Shall we move to the spoiler zone? Is there the anything else you zone. want to say about this passage? No. Okay. Well, that concludes the first half of our show. Thank you for listening. Um, It's been really fun. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. And join us next time as we read Animorphs number seven, The Stranger.
0: Now skip the next episode so you don't get spoiled. Yeah.
1: But do read The Stranger. It's a must-read book in our professional opinion.
0: Very professional. (laughs) Okay, see you later. Bye.